What's up, gang? Uh, this is Gooch with PD Group over here, hanging out with Flash and Moleco today. Hope you enjoy the next couple minutes or so. I'm going to go eat my feelings after this. I want to take a moment before we do the podcast. I want to talk about my new favorite thing. Okay. This, this flask cap. Oh, yeah. This is the coolest yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were showing me that the other day. This is the coolest thing. I saw this. It was advertised to me on Instagram, and I thought, I need this in my life. So I bought two. I bought one for me and my wife. It's essentially a discreet way to keep your alcohol with you when you're doing everyday things. But it's not a flask. No. It, it goes on to like your hydro flask, whatever. Yeah. whatever. So your hydro flask tumbler or your Yeti tumblers, everybody's got one yeah, now, yeah. right? Whatever it is, you're drinking your water in all day long. Yeah. So you go to the beach, you're not it's really bad form to go to the beach with like liquor visible. Is you know? it though? You can't go out there and start pouring Tito's on the beach into your glass because then you're totally Sure that, would be great if I could though. But you can't. But you can now with the flask cap, because this is cool. It's a cap. That discreetly holds five ounces of liquor in the lid. And you just put it on any one of your existing tumblers. And so you'll grab the tumbler, you fill it with ice, you put Coca-Cola in it. And everybody sees you putting Coca-Cola in it, and that's it. And they're like, oh, I'm look, only drinking Coke. I'm, just drinking I'm only Coke. drinking Coke. Nothing to see here. Move along. Right? And then you put the lid on, and there's a button on top of the lid. And you just push it. It dispenses an ounce of your favorite liquor into your Coke. Oh, my goodness. So now I've got a Jack and Coke. I can push the button all five times, though, if I want, Absolutely. You lush. (laughs) You can. Okay. (laughs) Well, now we're getting somewhere. It's great. It has made beach time so much more fun for me. It works really well, too. It's really well made. It's made in the USA. In fact, they they made it. A couple of, uh, of hipsters in Montana made this thing. And they're selling it now on the internets, and it's fantastic. It's called Flaskap, F-L-A-S-K-A-P. Flaskap. And, and it holds five ounces of liquor. What more do you want? I mean, I, I need this in my life is what I need. I could, be, I could be drinking this right now as we speak. If you want one, we are going to give you one. What? At the end I of this one. episode. Listen, at the end of this episode, we're going to tell you how you can win your very own flask cap and make your life five ounces cooler. <laughs> hey, we hope you're enjoying the Maleco and Flash podcast. And if you're not, might I suggest you take another drink? It's actually the only way you can enjoy the podcast. Literally, just drink more. Just have another cocktail. In fact, we make it easy for you. We give you cocktail recipes, and we give you the word of the day, which gets you there. And by the end of the show, you're not going to want to drive. In fact, you won't be able to drive because you've been drinking. Well, actually, you shouldn't be driving because you have been drinking. Never drink and drive, but we've got a solution for you. In fact, our friends at Lyft are offering up an extra large-sized solution for you. We're going to give you a Lyft XL, supersized, with six seats for when you need more room or when you want to roll with your squad. Or if you're just the size of Maleco. I like to roll big. If you want to get your own Lyft XL to get you where you're going with a special Maleco and Flash discount, we'll give you five bucks off your Lyft XL for your party needs. Just enter the promo code Best Podcast. It's one word, Best Podcast. He said, ironically, <laughs> check it out. <laughs> Order up a Lyft to get to where you're going and have a good party. So, Flash, I have decided my new favorite thing to drink is tequila. Ay, 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 ay! And not like in a margarita. I mean, I love margaritas, but. As a beverage, freestanding in a glass with maybe some ice cubes and a couple of twists of lime. Well, that's the adult way to drink it, the way it was intended 
to be consumed. Pardon me, but I've been doing shots of tequila for 20 years. Also not incorrect. <laughs> but this is actually a great way. This is a very adult thing to do is to have your tequila yes. on the rocks with some limes. Yes. But you got to do it with a really good tequila. A really great tequila, actually. Corzo is our tequila of mm. choice. You mm. can get it in silver, reposado, or añejo. Ah, so delicious. Making, all, making my mouth water. All the varietals are good for different reasons. If you want to try a tequila that really tastes authentico, Pick up a bottle of Corzo. You'll recognize the bottle. It's square. It almost looks like oh, a it's fancy, beautiful. fancy Mexican cologne yeah. or something. Yeah. When, when you're done with the uh, Corzo tequila bottle, you're going to save the bottle for, like, it's going to be like a cool bottle yeah. for to pour water out of or whatever. So impress your friends. Pick up a bottle of Corzo for your next gathering. Aloha to you. Happy February 27th. This is the Maleko and Flash podcast. I'm Maleko. Hey, I'm Flash. We've got a very special guest bartender who's also our guest today. We're going to talk all about the unique art of making your own spirits. (laughs) It's going to be a lot of fun. Ah, Yes. Oh, is that my cue? Okay, sorry. I'm busy busy doing social media stuff. We just talked about this, didn't we? We yeah. just said, hey, Indeed. why don't you handle the intro, Flash? And he's like, oh, I wrote it that way. See? And you blow it. This is going to be fun. For once, Maleko is going to have someone on his side to help bash me. So uh, let's give it up for former Apartment 3 bartender, which I'm sure we'll get into that, now brand manager for Kohana Rum, one of... The local distilled rums that I believe is the oldest in Hawaii. Uh, oldest as far as what cane we have, but not the oldest distillery. See, Flash, I don't know. Always we're, wrong. We're gonna wow. we're gonna get into all wow. of that though. We're you gonna want, get you want into me to try all again? of that. You want to try that again? <laughs> you want to try the intro again here, it's, ladies and gentlemen? He is uh, he's <laughs> the brand manager for Hawaii's only fine agricole rums grown. See, I don't even know what that means. Grass to glass, right here in Hawaii. Farm I'm to talking table. about Kohana rum, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Kyle Rotner. Thank you for coming in. Right, we no longer Rutner. we no longer need. Flash. Bye, Flash. That's it. No one's ever needed me. You've completely made yourself obsolete. Make make like Apartment 3. It's the Maleko and Kyle podcast. Okay, blackout drunk in 3, (laughs) 2. Yes. Did you just grab my butt when you got to 1? You did. Yes. Oh, sad. Hey, Kyle, thanks for coming in. I'm stoked to be here. I'm stoked. Finally. You're here. We've been trying to get you in for a bit. You're a very busy man. Uh, and besides, Kunia might as well be on Mars. It's so far away from everything. Yeah, 23 minutes, it's tough, man. This is a, <laughs> this is a, a brutal life that we all live. It's less than anywhere in L.A. Like, you can be down the block from somebody else in L.A. It's 30 minutes. I'm closer than that. Everything in L.A. is at least 20 minutes away. Yep. No one bats an eye. Here, Not 20 it. minutes, just like... <sighs> my, my parents live in Hawaii, Kai. I'm like, oh, it's so far. <laughs> indeed, oh, indeed. Kai. Yeah. <laughs> hate it. No. But actually, 20 minutes... Going to a distillery, that's fun. That's, that's like the drive to Disneyland. It's you're gonna. The, it's not the ride to work. It's the ride home. It's a whole situation. It's the okay. best adult field trip, though. <laughs> it is, and I still need to get the tour. By nah. the way. Oh, you blew it. <laughs> I'll take the tour again for you. How's yep. that? Oh, you took the tour? Of course, I took the tour. Oh, don't. Of course, I Bro. took the tour. Me. I was there when the tour was like new. Oh, it was yes. fresh. That was that one of the things that you started, or you helped? No, he got hooked up through uh, one of our partners, Jason Brand. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right. Yeah, yeah. See, so you're, you're behind way again. Behind. Way behind. Flash. Well, you know, Kyle's never invited me out. I, there's that. He probably. He probably has. Probably hasn't. <laughs> no, he probably hasn't. You're right. It's <laughs> a lot like the podcast where you try to get through all the talented people first. Oh. And, and, and then you then you hook yeah. somebody else up. So once I'm done hosting the rest of the island, mm. you'll be invited up, brother. So, That's fantastic. so that soundbite right there is what we're going to play before I invite any other guest on after you. <laughs> <laughs> be like, this is what Kyle thinks of you. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, you're right now at the center of this emerging industry in Hawaii where people are making spirits. This is something that it, Hawaii traditionally will import all of our stuff. It comes in bottles, it comes, and it gets distributed here. We have distribution companies, but we don't actually have a lot of places that manufacture spirits. And this is one in particular that is being developed in a way that it's growing so small that it could turn out to be one of the largest uh, pro- uh companies in Hawaii that does this. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a really interesting thing because because we control everything from start to finish. You said grass to glass earlier. We're able to make sure that there's no gaps in anything. So if there's an issue with Matson, that's not an issue for us. Now mm-hmm. if there's an issue with rainfall or land, which sometimes there is, that becomes its own thing, but we're actually able to control everything top to bottom. So as far as for our island made here, that's we have that in spades. The problem is shipping everywhere else that wants it. Problem it, is, is I don't have a drink in front of me right uh, now. That's, that's that's the problem. Now, we've had Dave Newman from Pine Jigger, uh, Christian Self, Bevy, uh, and uh, Justin Park, Bar Leather Apron. We ask them all the same question. Any anyone of your ilk that are on the show? That's good company right there. This is that's a good group of of superheroes. It's a solid in the, group. In, in the None of them would accept me. Solid group. <laughs> the question. I know the answer That's already. That's not true, but actually, I, by I the way. They, your name comes up in these podcast conversations, and they speak highly of you. So No, they don't. You, you are, no, you are no they regard. don't. He's, he knows. No. <laughs> no one in that group speaks highly of anyone else in that group. <laughs> Come on. At least not publicly. Would you consider yourself a bartender mm. or a mixologist? Well, I, I have to preface it with I don't currently tend to a bar. Uh-huh. So, so that's a really hard thing, and that, that gets to the point. Bartenders tend to bars. Mm. Mixologists, at least self-identifying ones, tend to be assholes. <laughs> so let's just keep it. Let, so I, I there's a mixologist then is what we're Agreed. saying. Flash couldn't even get to that point on, on that list. No, but it's a funny thing. So, so being a mixologist is one part of being a bartender. Like you can be a home mixologist because you mix things at home. Mm. You to be a bartender, you have to have hospitality. You have to have exactly all of the other things that go along with it. The, just the wherewithal of who you are. I mean, nickname Flash comes from being fast behind a bar. That's another bed. part of it. Oh, boom! Yeah, hey, but being a mixologist is just focused in the glass. That's not. I'm not a mixologist, but. Frankly, I can't even claim to be a bartender. I'm not going to be one of those old guys that's like, you know, I used to bartend. Back in my day, <laughs> I was serving mead when you were in exactly. diapers, son. So before Chinatown was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, well, the thing is, is I, I knew that that was going to be, uh, well, that was a long-winded version of the answer I thought you were going to give. But all of you guys have said the same thing, which is, yeah, I'm a bartender because... I think anyone in the industry will know, like Bourdain would say, like, chefs don't call themselves chefs. It's like, no, I'm a cook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I cook food. Like, no, I'm just, I'm just a bartender, man. Yeah, I, and I have to, 
I will say this. To differentiate in media, I understand why the word is used so often. Because you go to Star Advertiser or you're on the radio on Star saying like, you know, Dave Newman, this awesome mixologist from Pine Jigger, really from sets a, the tone. From a branding standpoint, but, it's but better. But as far as what you actually do, right. that's not what you right. do. So it's, a, oh, it's, it's an it's identification a thing. Right. Yeah. Okay. And but, so I don't begrudge somebody for being called a mixologist. I do have a difficult time when you introduce yourself as a mixologist. I think that's... Oh, I see. Yeah, sort of that's... Like, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. There's an interesting Talking thing Talking to there. you, Roxanne. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> She doesn't listen. It's fine. <laughs> the thing is, is, is uh, uh, I think almost every other guy brought this up is the point of the personality aspect of it. It's like, yeah, it's not just in the glass. No, There's this whole other part of being mm. a bartender that has nothing to do with alcohol whatsoever. Or even service. Yeah. It's like you're the you're it's like you're like the paid escort. You yeah. know, you're you're essentially the buy me drinky without the boobies. <laughs> or for some of you. In which case rocks that Roxanne reference does apply. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm claiming Roxanne. ignorance on this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Kyle. I don't know who he's talking about. I don't know what's going on. Kyle, what do you got in front of you there? All right, so I'm I'm because I'm not a mixologist. I'm just going to be pouring spirits for you guys today. We're not going to do all the cutesy stuff. Justin Park, Dave Newman, Christian Self, amongst the best people, not just in our state but in our country. Absolutely. Chandra, Jin, whoever you're talking about, they're all going to do a great job. I'm just going to pour rum in your mouths. Okay. This is good. This is, that is, sounds like code. That's super sexy. I'm going to pour, pour <laughs> rum in your mouths <laughs> if I had a nickel. So you've got three, I count three, maybe four glass or four bottles here of Kohana Fine Agricole Rum. Uh, the first that you're pouring out is clear, and I understand that the color differentiations is how it uh, is how it ages after it's finished distilling. Is that exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah. So anything that comes off of a still is going to be clear. That's, okay. Hold, that's let's stop right is. there. Okay. What's layman's terms? Coming off of a still means what? All right. So when you <clears throat> make alcohol, Cliff you, Notes version. Yeah. No. When you, when you, <laughs> this could get long. <laughs> yeah. The the series with Kyle. Um, <laughs> The, the simple version is you're separating chemicals by distilling. All you're doing is heating up a tea kettle and collecting the steam that comes off of it. That steam that comes a, off of a it is A much clear. larger tea kettle than a very large, very specialized tea kettle. But that's all you're doing now is this, separating via temperature. This smells very sweet, almost pineapple-y. Yep. And so, you can, I mean, it's, you can definitely smell sugar. I mean, if you've ever been out to the sugarcane fields, this is exactly what it smells like. And so you described this. This comes straight off the, the, the still. This yep. is clear. There's no color in it at all. No filter. Nope. Um, it's cut with water so that it's a little bit drinkable. more palatable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's mixable, easy. <laughs> so, it doesn't, so I don't breathe fire. Yeah. yeah. We're actually going to get to fire in a couple. Oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I brought some special yeah. stuff. Well, let's back up then. We're, we're, I'm looking at the finished product here, or at least one stage of the finished product. You start with local ingredients. And the idea behind Kohana Rum, first of all, is that you were going to make it agricole style, yep. which is different than how most consumer rums are made. Talk about that for just a second. All right. The, to keep this uh, on the flash level or on that sort of Barney Simply level. Simply for him. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, agricole for dummies. Agricole... <laughs> Is just the French word for agricultural. Okay. So it, it's a desig <laughs> it's a designation. <laughs> oh, flashy like for rum made from fresh juice instead of a byproduct of another slag sugar. So 
almost all of your rum out there in the world is molasses based. That's okay. what it starts with. So you've got this awesome system of making granulated table sugar. The waste product of that is then used to make rum. The stuff that you don't want for sugar, the stuff that's left over, the slag exactly. Just that you would otherwise molasses. throw away. Mm-hmm. They're using it to make rum. Yeah, and they that make sounds some, really great. No, but they make some phenomenal stuff. There's trash into treasure. So name a rum brand out there, no matter how great or how bad, with very few exceptions, you're going to talk about what's known as rum industrial or rum traditional, mm-hmm. which is just rum from molasses. So what's, why are so few people making it agricole style? Because it's really hard to have access to fresh sugarcane juice because you pretty much have to grow it yourself, mm. be in the tropics. And do that instead of, you know, I have friends in Colorado that make rum. They import molasses and make rum. Yeah, you can't grow sugar cane in Colorado. No, you can't do that. Yeah. So it's shelf-stable. Okay. You can ship molasses anywhere. So molasses is just the cheapest, easiest sugar. Yep. Because you're just looking for a sweetener. You just need something fermentable. Yeah. Okay. So super easy. We take fresh sugar cane juice. So you go out to the fields. You know, unfortunately, we're so far away from Hawaii being a sugar-producing region at this point. I mean, a few people remember Maui closed in 2016 almost nobody remembers oahu sugar but growing sugarcane is in the blood here it's in the soil yeah it's easy to grow right it's fantastic you you actually went as far as to identify native hawaiian sugarcane or sugarcanes at least grew well here uh in the height of the industry yeah so the name kohana ko is the hawaiian word for sugarcane something most people don't realize is ko was here with the very first humans before they had a spoken language which predates Caribbean sugar by about 500 years. So the Hawaiians had sugarcane on these islands way before America was a country, before, before Columbus CNH, got there, really? before all of that stuff. Wow. So, Things happened here before Captain Cook, arri- I didn't know Captain that. Cook arrived? Well, yeah. I knew what? the pineapple was brought in. <laughs> yep. Spaniards. But, but the sugarcane was, was here. It was brought by the very first Hawaiians. What were the locals canoes. doing? They weren't making purified sugar. Uh, no, sugar. no. It was, I mean, if you think about all of the different ways, it's the most calorically intense crop in the world. So it's got all this sugar in it. So now you've got all of your needs from a caloric standpoint, your energy, in one single stock. So they brought it on their canoes. So this is like them. a protein shake. For, for <laughs> this sure. is like the best protein <laughs> shake I've ever had. Run cocoa head after a few of these. I'm yeah. <laughs> Officer, I swear, I'm not, I wasn't drinking. It's a protein shake. <laughs> all right, before we go any further, we need a word of the day because mm. uh, this is going to be a lot of fun today. We've got oh, a lot of so great spirits good. to try. Um, here's what we do with the word of the day. You come up with a word for us to say periodically throughout the show when we do. We're going to make a bunch of noise. Everybody's going to go, hey! That's where you go, hey! Hey! I was just watching you being super. Thanks. Uh, Word of the day today is local. 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 All right. So every time you hear the word local today, you're going to go, hey! Hey! But really, you're going to drink. And then you drink. Drink, drink. So. That smells so sweet and beautiful. It is delicious. Now, you use several different varietals Mm -hmm. of sugar cane. Uh, Do they taste different? Yeah, so just like grapes taste different. Cabernet Sauvignon's a grape. Pinot Grigio's a grape. They don't taste anything alike. Cane's the same way. I didn't know that. Seed flesh. Dirt, climate, this is all affects the taste. Oh, we're super fortunate. Our terroir out in Cunia is meant for sugar cane. It's beautiful. Loose red dirt. Lots of water. Go, go, go. So let me ask you a question. You can make, if you can make any spirit here in Hawaii, um, why, why aren't we making whiskey? Why, why is rum the go-to for that? I mean, it's, it's straightforward. We just don't grow enough grains to do whiskey. Um, you could grow corn. You could grow wheat. But we're not doing it. 
not in mass, not with an excess. If we were growing corn here and it was going towards spirits production, we should probably be feeding people um, oh, with okay. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but in, in all honesty, it's just it's a byproduct of a system that's been put in place before. You think Kentucky just limped into we should have corn? No, there's a boatload of corn around. When you have rye on the East Coast, it's because there's rye around for all of their bread. So, so it's the, just utilizing the natural around. resources. I mean, yeah. if you look across the world, it's the same way everywhere. You talk so about you rice force in Japan. You talk, yeah, you yeah. could definitely force it. But you, but this just grow, it probably grows literally like a weed then. You it's, probably have a lot of sugar cane's a grass. Yeah. So just like mowing your lawn, it pops back up. It's resilient as hell. It wants to grow. That's pretty cool. How, how many if, acres of cane fields do you have now? Right now, we've got just over 30 acres of cane. And it's all canoe crop cane, no plantation era stuff. So we have a pretty sizable crop. But to put that in perspective of sort of the world, there's two easy ways to do it. We wouldn't even be two days of production for a sugar plantation Okay. for most of them. And what we make in a week, uh, a distillery the size of Bacardi would make in less than a minute. So in less wow. than an hour, Bacardi will make more rum than we can make in a year. So... Let me ask um, sort of a logical business question when it comes to scale. Yeah. At what point do you become a victim of your own success and then you're not able to be Kohana grown on Oahu because you just like literally physically don't have the room? I mean, that is outside of my lifetime more than likely. I mean, in Hawaii, if we, if we grew that large – I, I would be incredibly surprised, mostly and because rich. of our culture of what we have to start with. To mm -hmm. start with the cane crops that we have, you have to pull from what is already there. We're some of the only people with it. So it would take pulling from our own stuff to continue to grow. You can't use all that old commercial era sugar cane m machinery that the CNH was using. Almost and all that's gone. Really? Yeah. And frankly, most of it was... Not for what we do. We want healthy, juicy canes. They want sugar-rich, less juice. They were trying to get to making white table sugar. We're trying to get to juicing just that So it's a juice. total different kind opposite, of sugar cane. Totally opposite. Uh, yeah. They actually, the plantations pushed most of the Hawaiian canes out. It was really difficult to find these canes. By the time they hybridized all these, they essentially cross-bred canes made them better for GMO. They just, yeah, they just yeah. keep, I mean, they keep going and going until they find exactly how this thing the perfect yeah. cane. I mean, you're talking in the hundreds of thousands of tests. Wow. And so Jesus. you just threw all that out and you just went back to the old school <laughs> Hawaiian kind cane and you just threw oh, it in the I ground am. and it started growing and you're making delicious rum out of this. Probably yeah, faster than they were making uh, yeah. than they were getting to their product for sugar. For sure. And locally grown. Hello! Maleko, come on. Sleep of the wheel. Yep. So locally grown, we, we are super focused on these old canes. But it's like anything else. When you get back to what it was, you start to taste more. You start to experience more. Your glasses are getting empty, guys, so I'm going to fill them up with something yeah. else. I mean, the interesting thing, speaking to what you just said, is the flavor of this rum is different than, I would say, your typical rum that like an average consumer would be used yeah. to having. It is it a higher proof? It's not. It's, it's, it's not. But it's like it the sweetness, like... though, and like the full, more full mouth taste. Yeah. What is Got that? A better mouth feel. Yeah, better mouth feel. It's, it, it just, it doesn't, it definitely doesn't taste or feel on your tongue like a, like your typical rum that an average person would know. 
Indeed, indeed. And it's an interesting thing because most spirit makers at this point are going lowest common denominator. You're trying to eliminate flavor. Right. We're the opposite of that. Um, and frankly, it's more likely that we're going to compare our rum to a tequila or a mezcal, something that you're familiar with having flavor. Right. Mm. A and a full flavor at that. Or yeah. a vodka or something like that. Right. Yeah. So yeah. what do you do for the people who, who just like, you know, a rum and Coke? I mean, is this the kind of rum that you mix with that? I mean, you wouldn't or did tequila you just, necessarily you just shoot yourself get... in the head every time you hear someone order a rum yeah, and let me, Coke in let me, it. Let me go have a, a Kohana and give me some Diet Coke. No, 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 no. Go so, worse with that. Look, as soon as I get in the way of somebody enjoying whatever the hell they enjoy, I, I should stop being in any form of hospitality. So you like it with Coke, you drink it with Coke. I tend to tell people if you like it with Coke, try it with ginger beer and you're going to be on a whole different plane. Because mm. what they're really looking for is something longer, something refreshing, and something that's got a little bit of like. What do you mean longer? Something that's essentially like a lanai sip or something that you're going to pour over well, ice. Something that's not going to make you breathe fire. Yeah, helps, for sure. You know, like, I mean, I, I tried enjoying uh, uh, some spirits with my family. You know, and my, my family's got a wide palate. You know, yeah. I got my dad who... And they love you know, to drink. My dad loves gins and vodkas. My mom loves rum, uh, but she loves it in mixed drinks. Yeah. Like she just, and she's not a shot drinker. You know, she's not going to drink something on the rocks. So when I brought out the Kohana rum and I was sharing it with the family, you know, everybody had to have it their way before they could appreciate it. For sure. But if you think about rum in general, rum is not a spirit that's traditionally you would drink on its own. Rum is always with a mixer else, and yeah. always has been. D drinking rum this way, this is just, in general, like a new thing. For sure. And it's fun to be able to kind of lead that renaissance. I mean, we have a lot of great rums that are popping off all over the world now. So I'm not preaching alone as far as sipping rums. I will say most of them are aged, but people are appreciating spirits for where they come from and mm -hmm. how they taste instead of trying to cover it up. Look up. I need a drink just like the next guy does. Sometimes I just need to get there. So I, I, I'm not anti any of this stuff. But when you want to enjoy and think and have something that, frankly, at the end of the day, you feel like you deserve, you want something better. You want that affordable luxury that's in your glass. You know what I, I would think would be interesting with just, and we ha this is only the first one we've tasted, but to put this in front of somebody and not tell them what it was. People are blown away. Yeah, and see what they say mm -hmm. because I, I, it's almost like a scotch or a. It, it almost like you could you could taste I, it and I, sip on it. I understand the where you're coming from with the mezcal and the tequila as far as the fullness, but it's obviously it's it doesn't have the flavor profile of that. But you're like it's not gin. Mm -hmm. It's I don't. I'm curious as to just you would I would like imagine get it. a wide variety of guesses with a lot of I'm not exactly sure what this is or For even sure. what the hell is that. It doesn't taste like you know your traditional rum. Yep. It doesn't taste like a Bacardi or a uh, what's the coconut one? <laughs> Malibu. The but Malibu, the thing is, you know? is these are not rums that you normally sip standalone yeah. anyway. So you're actually not even I, that I familiar say, I never, with the actual taste. I never standalone sip rum, or I hadn't until I started trying this. No, and I and I frankly, it's not something that we tell everybody to go do. I'm not out there telling every bartender like, hey, you need to be pouring this straight with you know a piece of lime or a piece right. of sugar cane and do this. They all mix with it. They all make really rad freaking cocktails. I've seen it. We've way. done contests with this. Yeah. So it's, good it's, stuff. it's all over the place. But I like to present it like this because, frankly, we have nothing to hide. Taste it just as it is. If yeah. it's great out of the bottle, imagine mm -hmm. how great you can make it on top of that. Right. Speaking of which, let's try some more. Yeah. All right. <laughs> let's, let's get local. Let's get local. <laughs> all right. Local.
go. So on this uh, on this piece of paper that Flash handed me 12 minutes before the show went on, that's yeah, got all the Yeah, thanks for really up. giving our guests um, some heads up. Yeah, big, big mahalos. It's almost like getting your schedule at the beginning of the month Hell. when you work for somebody. Uh, Weird. But it's already the third of the month. Bango. Uh, that's there crazy. You go. Uh, who knows? So I've only got three cocktails on here, apparently. So I'm going to leave you guys a bunch of my stuff to drink, and I'm going to introduce two other rums oh. oh we can we can I have as many oh yeah D- yeah don't, don't mind right. that don't mind that see yeah. look going off script already all right so so the first rum. one was clear all right straight off the still yeah and if you follow us um on our social media at dj maleko at flashy 808 we're taking pictures of all of these and the first rum we had uh is a hawaiian agricole rum Kea. clear um it was the Kea, 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 yeah cane variety it's yeah. clear. It, it looks like vodka or gin or just what you would typically think of as rum. This one is coho, po- coho and it looks more like brown whiskey. Yep. So it's definitely got a, a, a chocolate color to it. Super enjoyable thing about rum is it's the wild west of the spirits category. It's good and bad for that. You can do whatever the heck you want. So Oof. we make rum from fresh sugarcane juice. I would say this was whiskey if I was doing a blind test yep that's so it's very whiskey e i'm i'm incredibly proud of what we do as far as our age products go mostly because when we started there were other distilleries no one was aging anything that was grown completely on oahu or any island in barrels here so everybody was importing if they had an aged spirit they were importing whatever it was wow, so we're okay. the first people to import barrels let it sit in kunia and become whatever it is. So as far as aged spirits go in Hawaii, I'm super, super proud of this. How do you keep the temperature control with we that? We don't. So you just, it's, if it's 75 or 85 degrees outside, that's what it ages in. Yep. Isn't that problematic for, a, for the aging process? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's alcohol, so it evaporates. So every year we lose about 10% of what's in that barrel. Oof. So you lose 10%, you lose 10%. By year three... You're looking at, you know, something in the 70 percentile of what you actually put in. So you've just lost all of that. Wow. That being said, what comes out the other end is light brown, gorgeous. That is correct. What does come out the other end is light brown. Hey-o. Ho! Flash. Yeah. I'm telling you, the Maleko and Kyle podcast would be amazing. Coming soon. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let me take a sip of this. This one's called the, the Coho. This is Coho, which just means to select or choose. Okay. And again, proof. this is still the Kea uh, varietal of cane. So it's the same exactly. same varietal of cane, same flavor profile. It's just aged. Mm-hmm. And aged it's got for two uh, years. Hand, hand-numbered barrel number on the back. This is barrel number 77. Yep. I love that you still do that, by the way. Yeah. And these bottles, uh, you'll have to look at the Instagram to see them. These bottles look like uh, something you could keep in your, in your bottle cabinet. It's, it's one of these unique shapes. We've been weird. super lucky. We had this bottle made for us by a French, essentially somebody who, who works on French perfume glass making. I was gonna say it looks like a perfume bottle. Yeah, and and when we all of know. the when all the listeners come out and check out our distillery because we give tours seven days a week, plug plug, <laughs> um, you know this local tour. Yo, Ho! See, I'm trying to fit it in. It's I, I picked I'm, a bad I'm word. I'm drinking apparently. a lot. It's good. It's <laughs> so when. 
when you check it out, you'll see why it's, it's so been good. featured in Crate and Barrel on bar carts and things like that. It's a gorgeous bottle. People just love it. So Yeah. Okay, so you age it. Tell me about the barrels that you, you get. Are you firing these barrels yourself, or are you getting them from a, a barrel supplier? Where it, are they coming from? We get it from the biggest barrel supplier in the U.S., Independent Stave Company. They do it the best. We try to buy things from the best. They let the wood sit outside. It's all new American oak. They just let it sit for about 18 months, essentially curing. So if you cut wood too quickly, it ends up having a piney note. We have the best barrels charred inside to what's known as a level two. It just means that they're burnt inside and it works as a charcoal filter and makes it delicious. This is the same process, by the way, that whiskeys yep. are made with. It's, uh, I mean, this tastes very similar to a whiskey. Yeah, I, I had the opportunity to tour some of the farms in Kentucky, yep. and they describe the barrel process just like you are. They, they age the wood, they char it to a, a certain level, and then that process, that charcoal charring, uh, uh, that charcoal in the wood is yep. what gives the flavor profile to the drink. Yeah, so between the American oak and the, the charcoal, you've got a lot of interactions happening. And most people, you know, everybody says smooth when they taste whiskey. They're not lying. Charcoal makes it a little bit smoother. Mm -hmm. It's just like a brittle water filter. It's delicious. So good. This is so good. Yeah. Don't worry, I'm leaving these for you. Flat. Well, Maleko, I'm leaving these for you. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I love that. So how do you how does somebody come about starting to make rum? Is this did he come? Did he sneak away from Bacardi with all the secrets and, and go off to make it? This guy must have been making alcohol. Is it in his family? Who's this guy? Who, who is, is this guy? The guy? Who is the, the guy? All right, so there's there's two gentlemen, one who was in agriculture, then banking, then back to agriculture, which is his own thing. His name's Jason Brand. Then another gentleman who moved to Hawaii to raise his son. Uh, sent him to school out here. What time frame Wanted are we a, talking about talking here? talking about 15 years ago. Okay. And he's like, I want to do something in the dirt. I want to do something that's going to matter in 20 years. So I'm going to start looking into agriculture. He looked into a number of different things. He had spent some time in Brazil around sugarcane and was like, sugarcane's dead in Hawaii. This makes no sense. Let me see what I can do. Then he meets a gentleman named Noah Lincoln, who essentially is the authority on Hawaiian Co, Hawaiian sugarcane, and sparks ignited. He learns distillation. So yeah, full on like Wait, bootstrap. He learns yeah. distill. Look, he just YouTube videos this. So, so he goes off. <laughs> no, I mean it's like anything else. You start surrounding yourself with talent, and you ask the right questions. So you go and you say, "Who can I go learn from?" And you go work with a brandy maker. You go work with a yeah. rum maker. Wow. You, and you no figure different it out. than being an apprentice chef. Exactly. Yeah, in nineteen, you know, oh one or something like that. But that's got to be hard skills to get in nineteen. Or in, oh, for in sure. 1999 and, or 2016. So you've got to have people willing to teach. You have to have a patient wife, and you have to have— And you, you yourself know, have to have patience. Yeah, for sure. You have to be able to get through it. So the, his name's Robert Dawson, the guy who started that side. So Robert and Jason hooey up, and they decide, we're going to really make a go of it. So it starts with about a quarter of an acre of Heirloom Co. It takes four years to— make enough <sighs> sugar cane. So they're taking that, wow. building out their fields, building out their fields over and over and over And they're again. bringing in all new still equipment. Yep. Uh, they're building this, this property. Uh, it's a tiny place. It's tiny. Now it's starting to get a little bigger, which is cool. Oh, that is uh, cool. And actually, Flash doesn't know this, but these guys reached out to me before I ever even worked at Apartment 3. Wow. What? So the, the first time they, they contacted me. <laughs> you blew that opportunity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> should have said yes five years sooner. should have. They're like, oh, you're this guy that we hear what we should talk to. I'm like, well, you're wrong, but I'm not going to correct you. 
And we just start this relationship. They're like, when we have the moment that we can hire somebody, we're going to talk to you about this. Because my degree is in chemistry. I have a connection to that side of things in the maker space. But I'm like, I, I like the money and the people I meet bartending. This is really cool. They my didn't boss have a is a jerk, but whatever. but whatever. That's okay. If you talk to the other bosses, I prefer both of them. Wait, I don't get it. Uh, Who are the other ones? Flash gets it. Yeah. <laughs> Flash gets it. I'm gonna have to Maddie, Maddie, I love you, man. Oh, Maddie, I got <laughs> Shout it. Shout out, yeah, Maddie yeah. boy. Yeah, everybody liked Maddie. Yep. What's wrong with Likes, likes. Like, well, at Apartment Three, I met. I mean, this man in general. Yeah, I just, like I used to go to Apartment Three to see him. Yeah. No, right. you went to Apartment Three for free drinks and food, which is once again why we're not open. <laughs> I miss that place so much. I should have picked apartment three as the word of the day because I knew Flash would fit it in a He's bunch of times. To. No sense advertising. It's closed now. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. I got to pour you guys some more stuff. So, okay. okay. All right. The next thing I'm going to pour for you is full on. Nobody else in Hawaii has this. I have a couple friends that import Haitian rum. Oh, boy. Um, Really, really cool thing. We stopped growing sugarcane in Hawaii. In Haiti, the cane varietal that this rum is made from is called Hawaii. So, so this isn't cool. even, is this your this rum or no? no? It's no. not the, even yours. The rum world is just dope. So All I right. like to share other people's stuff. Um, the Vellier folks bring in a bunch of really awesome spirits. This one is called Clarin. Clarin just means clear. Clarin is essentially... Similar to a Haitian-style agricole. They like to just call it clarin. They try not to get in the agricole category. But super, super cool. I said we are going to taste fire water. So you are going to try a almost 100-proof oh white rum. Whoa! Um, oh, my God. Yeah. We're going to die. Single distillation. Super cool. Um, from my private stash from some good friends. Whoops. <laughs> Turn the volume down there. It's like my first time. Posting on stories. So now I'm going to go out on a limb and say the, the order that you're serving us, the rums, there's a rhyme and a reason to it. The rhyme and the reason was I wanted mine to go first. <laughs> <laughs> Good man. Like I said. Good man. Like I said. <laughs> so once again, for the, for the listener, this particular rum, it's, they, the bottler calls it Hawaii. Yeah, so if you look, they actually tell you the cane varietal on the back. It says Hawaii for the cane, which I think is super cool. What Do you know what, what that means? Or it's a cane that? that they brought from Hawaii all the way to Haiti a long, long time ago <laughs> that they've been growing in the freaking That's sticks fantastic. of Haiti. How funny would it be if it was the same varietal? That I actually like asked them for a picture something. of it. I'm like, can you take a picture of these fields the next time How you're crazy. out there? So but it I'm would, waiting on it. Would, even if it was the same varietal, because of the region, climate, dirt, blah, 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 it's still going to taste... Totally different. Right. Really, really fun. So I, I, I like Ooh. to show other people's rum off because this is not a one rum is the only one you should ever have. I think it's a category worth exploring. That tastes way different than ours, huh? Way different. Also, every alcohol category is a category worth exploring, <laughs> at least when it comes to the hard liquor. All right, I'm going to give this a sip. Should I light it on fire before I consume it? No, the crazy thing is if you it doesn't it doesn't taste like gasoline. No. It's oh, it very doesn't. smooth. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Really cool. It almost tastes it almost got like a wine flavor to it. There's yeah. a bit of a a grapey sweetness to it. I can't. I can't explain that. No, really, really fun. They have 
Haiti's an interesting country, right? Because they won their independence from the French. It's why they still struggle as far as economically goes, because they got cut off from the world once they won their independence. But it's untouched. So these rums that you're tasting that come out of Haiti, just like we're sort of the avant-garde, like Hawaii, new, do crazy stuff. We're going to you know, take all the advantages of sort of the modern world and attach them to old cane. Mm-hmm. The Haitian are the Haitians are just making it the way they always have. So they've just got like a hundred school children stomping on sugarcane, trying it's, to make juice or something so like crazy, that. Crazy for sure. That's wild. Yeah, really, really cool. <laughs> They're still pulling the cane into town on donkey. Yeah, yeah. and it's real. Yeah, it's uh, something I thought would be fun to share with you guys. <laughs> That's fun, man. Thanks for bringing this in. Yeah, wow. This is tasty. How about the locals though? Huh? Aren't they oh, great? Oh, the locals. Hello. The local kids. The local kids are making the Haitian rum. The ones who are right, making I, the rum. I haven't had a drink in about a month and a half. I'm, oh, I'm going to actually toast Jesus. you guys yeah. on the podcast Hold and on, have let, my first sip of alcohol. Yes. Let, let, me, let me get it on video um, here. That way people know it's real. There you go. Because <laughs> yeah. everything on social media is totally real. <laughs> We're drinking water. Oh, <laughs> tasty stuff. Go, go, go. What started your love and appreciation for for alcohol you say you're a you, your background's in chemistry was that it yeah i mean no that's not where it came from okay i mean i'm not my, talking about the drunken college days but okay yeah, i mean appreciation my, part I, no i i think there's a fast fascination with people who make anything you know if you make leather well, goods if you make furniture if you make things is the, i'm drawn to it is it the you. fascination with the person or cu- the curiosity about the process how things of are what made, it is that how things doing. are made the act of creation and yeah. i think that yeah. Being so tied, and it's such an easy jump with a degree in chemistry and a love for bartending, distillation such an easy jump there that I, I fall in love with it. So anywhere I go, and unfortunately, you know, oh, whoever so good. has yeah. to travel with me is stuck going to distilleries and things like that because I always want to see what other people are doing, how they're doing it, why they're doing it, and it's, what's the it's same, still what's different? just as fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I've gone to hundreds of distilleries now, and every hundreds? time I'm excited. Oh, hundreds. God Easily. bless you. God what, bless um, you. What kind of, are you always going to rum distilleries? Or I, just... I will always go to rum distilleries. I'll visit shochu makers, whiskey makers. Probably the coolest place I've been is Chichibu. They make uh, really amazing Ichiro's malt. It's a, Not that kind of ch- chichi flush. <laughs> I, I, was, Japanese I was whiskey. really... Containing myself. Yeah. So all the other bar guys that have come on here probably didn't mention it because Flash can't afford it and you don't want to make people feel that way uh, on the radio. But, you know, really expensive, delicious whiskey. Um, you know, but but I'll be better than those guys and tell you that it exists. So what is it about that that distillery specifically that you find the most fascinating with the process? It's, it's really interesting. It's the attention to detail. In every single step, they mill. But the you could say themselves. that about any Japanese anything. Yeah, but you even watching the big boys, who I I really like some of the larger Japanese distilleries. These guys have an even finer laser point on what it is that they care about. And well, you know, the Japanese nimble. in general will get I a laser focus that. on that. I just said that two seconds ago. Yeah, but nobody ago. listens when you say it. So Clearly, I re- you I don't, don't listen. It, it you don't listen. It definitely comes with a a little bit more. Sort of heft when it comes from the other side of the room, Flash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little more authoritative. I, I don't disagree. <laughs> but go on. What did you it's say? It's that newscaster voice. You had yeah. an opinion about something? What yeah. was it? <laughs> these, these pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> 
Oh, I love it. So you're out there now. You're making Agricole rum. Is this, um, from what I understand, this is a, still a very rare process. Oh, there's yeah. what? There's three, four, four oh. distilleries making Agricole rum. There, there are fortunately more than that at this point, but it's about one percent of the world's rum is Agricole rum. That's and such so what's a small number? What the other ninety nine percent is the molasses. molasses yep. Yeah. Yeah, because in in general, because it's cheaper and more available. Yeah, but you know, we're we're at a time in consumerism where people are starting to go local. Back, they're going local. They're going local. (laughs) Hey, oh wow! Sorry, catch up. They're going simpler. Well, people are just getting either they're they're, concerned about the ingredients. Well, they they're either more savvy and more educated, or they think that they are. They want to be. Yeah. You know, people are looking at packaging. They're looking at labels. And if yep. they're buying a box of something that should just be two or three ingredients and it's got 52 ingredients in it, consumers are getting smarter and they're realizing we don't need all of this. Some they, are. They, no, and it, it goes even further than that. When you talk about buying locally, now you're, create, hey. you're creating jobs. You're keeping money in this economy, doing more. The tax piling on itself. Things get better when you're consuming and buying things that are actually made here. I mean, it's a shame. 95% of what we grow here is exported. We also import everything. How much of what we consume. Yeah. Probably about at least the same amount. So yeah. now we're talking about, yeah, it's cool. Like, we have this great coffee. We have these awesome chocolatiers. We have all these things. And we send a huge amount off. And then we bring a bunch of other stuff in. Yeah. We can do some more things for ourselves here, which yeah. is important. And I think people getting behind local brands, whether it's, a farm, a distillery, a brewery, whatever it is, they, they're into it. I said local there. You did. It did. did. I was so caught up in the moment, though. It, was, yeah. it sounded good. I was listening to you preach. <laughs> so to be clear, Oof. Kohana Rum is made locally by locals. The money stays locally, and the money is used to reinvest locally. Now, our, our investors, our farmers, our management like these are people living here we're creating jobs Everybody. we're doing this it's not a situation where you're trying to send it away i mean right. i want to share this rum with the entire world but if i can't take care of you guys down the road first and get bottles in your hand and make you happy why am i thinking about france that's what i'm thinking right yeah. there i, I don't know why you would want to take Fran- care of france when you've got us right I've here got you guys we're right here I've for got you, you Kyle. babe well that's mistake number 1 kyle <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so is this a trend now? Is this a growing trend where the distilleries are going to start to care more about their ingredients, where they source their ingredients, kind of like how the food industry is done? I, I sure hope so. Unfortunately, liquor is such a brand-focused thing. Everybody's brand lo- loyal. The big boys got the money. They can advertise. They can, they can even say things that are mostly untrue, and it doesn't matter. You have to do your own research. I, it I, is growing. I, I want to bring up an interesting point, and this is a story I've reiterated countless times. And yes, it happened in Department 3, and I'm pretty sure that Kyle was there when I did it. Is this, this, is is this, this when you did that one thing that's really embarrassing? Is this where you get to no, tell that story? Oh, only the one thing? No. It, but this, what speaks, it's, this speaks to what Kyle is talking about in regards to, I would call it blind brand loyalty. Um, when you have... Like we did a, a tequila taste test at Apartment Three, um, because you know I I just personally loved Corzo mm-hmm. at the time and Casadores, 
and um, everyone drinks Patron, and Patron is just rubbish. It's terrible, but every, that's what everyone wants. So I just did a thing for a while where it's just like, okay, no, no, no. Uh, let's get a little sampler of Corzo Cazadores Patron. We're not going to tell you which is which. We're gonna you have tell you us tr- which one you like best. Yeah. No one, and I mean no one, would ever pick Patron, and they go, oh, yeah, that's better. And then they turn to, let's say, Kyle and still order three Patron shots. <laughs> You, I just proved it to you with your own taste buds, and yet you're still gonna go. Okay, yeah, cool. Like I still want McDonald's. Yeah. It 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 makes it's so bizarre the brand loyalty that people have, and they get blindsided by you know people like me in marketing that are they're selling you a thing and a brand association they're instead good. of what's actually better tasting. Uh, there's so much more at play than just what tastes better right. in that situation, right? When you're out and you want to show off, which is usually what you're doing when you're buying three shots or whatever, right. you're trying to buy the thing that show you know off, the person laid, with you whatever. is, gonna be is going to associate, associate with yeah. that next level. Yeah. So you buy things that they already know. Yeah. Unless you're willing to go this step further and be like, I'm mm. going to buy Fortaleza tequila mm. And, and that's this what is I what think happened. is way, right. way cooler, right? It's well, like, that's right. well, that you know, who's got four hundred dollars, you know, to blow in, in a round of shots? Yeah, for but sure. it's not. It's just any brand. It's like maybe Rolex isn't the best watch, but you want to say you own a Rolex. BMW True. isn't the best car, if you've got but let's bottle just say. Service. If you've got bottle service at your table, and let's just say you have three options. You've got the Belvedere bottle, you've got the Grey Goose bottle, or you've got the 750 ml from Costco, that that one that looks like the Grey Goose bottle. Okay? You've got your choice of those. Which, one, by the way, it's all coming from, anyway. They're all, right, they're all, all the same, the same right? Place. I mean, yeah. We know that in, in yeah. the industry, they're probably all the same. But on the table, it matters. It's the label. No one wants to be the a-hole who's got the Kirkland brand vodka on but, their table. But... but these are like really cool, beautiful bottles. Uh, it's like, oh, Patron basically is what commoners drink. Now I'm actually elevating it and giving you a better, cooler experience with your Kohana rum instead of, I don't want to say, a, you know, yeah. whatever rum. Those, but, other, those other guys. But whoever. the Kohana rum comes in a sexy-ass bottle. So if you do wind up coming out and you want to serve it and you want to impress somebody and everybody knows their brand and you come out with this – I'm going to try whatever that but, is. But my point is, is most people, what well, what Kyle's point is actually, and I'm just, you know, supporting is most people are sheep and you're, you, sooner or later you get brainwashed and then you just stay in a particular lane and it's really hard to get people out of that lane. No, and it's funny because I find myself in that lane in other aspects of my life. Sure. Where I'll associate right. something right. and I'll see it in myself. Yeah, I go, want the Rolex. I want go, the Rolex. Oh man, I should actually like look into what's really good. Not just what I was told was good. Right. Everyone in the room is guilty of owning an iPhone, which is yeah. arguably a worse phone than the Samsung. Yeah, certainly for, sure. for camera wise. Camera by wise, far. utility wise, screen wise, photo wise. There's a million reasons why the Samsung or even the Pixel is a better phone than the iPhone. Yeah. But I'll be damned if I'm going to be caught with one of those <laughs> right. pieces of crap right. in my pocket. <laughs> So I'm not going to be the guy in the in the group message it's, chain that makes it turn green instead of blue. No especially, doubt. by the way, if you're single. And, like, no joke, if you're a single consumer, then that's a whole different ballgame because you're constantly trying to impress people. Yep. But to me, impressing people is ordering the Kohana. It is ordering the fancy Haitian 100-proof rum instead of just the usual suspects. And taking pictures of it with my new iPhone. Yeah. Heard. <laughs> Heard. <laughs>
it's so funny. Unbelievable. But that's what we do. Speaking of really expensive things that impress people, I brought one really ridiculous rum for you guys. Have. Do we have time for one more rum? Yeah, yeah. I think we have time for yeah. all the rums. I think we can, make, we can make time. Kyle. All right. All right. So I, I'm just just to give you guys a you listeners out there a little bit of uh, an just, understanding on this. This is me sharing some of the the better, more rare stuff in the world with one guy I think is really awesome and his friend. <laughs> right um, on. We'll, so, we'll, we'll let you decide who <laughs> is who. <laughs> so one really Look great at this thing box. about. The world of drinking, and this is something that was told to me years ago, is there you have the choice to be drinking something in a moment, drinking something for a moment, or drinking something along a timeline. When you start considering all of the things you can drink out there and who else has consumed it, now you stop drinking just with who's around you. You drink with people that have consumed that spirit sometime before you. So what I'm sharing with you is the last consignment of the Royal Naval Rum, uh, first released to the British Navy in 1655. Wow. What? Uh, this... The last date of issue was the 31st of July, 1970. So this is the last of the Royal Ration. This is a rum. bottle from 1970? 1970. So he bought the last of the, the stuff. Um, and this is, uh, yeah, something that... A really awesome human gifted to me, and I figure I should share it with you guys. Oh, too. my God. So now you're not just drinking agricole rum from today, Haitian rum, which connects back to whatever point you're drinking along a really phenomenal timeline. So That is fantastic. Wow. Yeah. This is Take that, mixologist. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> that is awesome. Here's my glass, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to give you a, a decent pour of this. Okay. This is awesome. This is way better than the bottle of Don Julio that TJ Thompson brought us. Although that was fantastic. That was fantastic. What we're really saying, podcast guests to be, is step it up. Step up your game. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So this rum was, was made in 1970. What's That's it the, called? Let's share this for the listeners. It's called Black Tot. Okay. Royal Naval Rum. And you'll see it. There's a couple places in town that have really also fancy, very dark. Really, really fancy bars that have have this back there. It'll probably cost you about two hundred and fifty a shot. Wow. And it's um, such a dark color. Like I, I'm looking at this is the darkest one I've seen yet. And this this has the molasses taste to it. And the, even funky. the viscosity is a little different. Yep. But I would still I would almost venture to say it was a really fine scotch before I went to whiskey before maybe then I would guess rum. All right. So to get a little geeky with you, saying scotch and whiskey is not even remotely bad. These are the only countries that use pot stills, which is generally a whiskey still. So all the English oh uh, distilleries, Jamaica, uh, are all around the the Caribbean that are all English colonies, they are who it's the, what the pirates pulled. drank. This is full on what the this is it. This is Johnny Depp stuff here, right? This is it. Why is the rum always gone? Because yeah. it's delicious. Johnny Depp, who was a huge fan favorite of Apartment Three, and uh, came in all the time. <laughs> he did, didn't he? He did. You served. He him. actually did. Every he came in every day when they were shooting here, and they even had their rap party there. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. 
Boy, I wish that place was still open. Man. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah, the drinks, yeah, drinks are so cheap there. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Why did they close again? No Every idea. time I go in, I ask for this you know, mainstream liquor, and Flash brings me three shots. <laughs> three it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's where I discovered whipped. Oh, blue no. Bizzle. Oh, man. Yep. This is absolutely freaking delicious. Super cool, huh? This is amazing. But, yeah. you know, it's interesting. So now we've had one, four different rums. I mean, they're not even all even remotely the same color. The taste profile is way different. All over the place. I, I would never if you said this was a flight of rums and they were just in the glass, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know where to begin. Yeah. And it's it's a really interesting thing because the lack of rules and the ability to have providence wherever you want for making rum, you're able to do a lot of stuff and really fit needs of drinkers, right? You can have a rum that tends towards cognac lovers. You can have a rum that tends towards Really bad whiskey drinkers like Flash, or really great whiskey <laughs> drinkers, you know, or like not Flash, like anybody else except for yep. Flash. Yep. <laughs> um, and <laughs> so get get back real quick to the rules. The rules, because not everybody understands that certain spirits need to adhere to certain rules, whereas rum kind of is more freestyle. Yeah. So because rum has been made in so many different places, and traditionally in places that have very little law as it is, right? Think about the Caribbean isn't really the birthplace of, birthplace of rum, but it's where rum got its wheels, right? So think about trying to tell everyone down there how they're going to make it. You have to use this kind of still, this kind of barrel. They're all just going to turn around and do whatever they want, and that's what happened. It's kind of the maverick spirit. Yeah, so everybody can Pirates. Do, do whatever yeah. they like. And I say it's like the Wild West of the spirits world because you can – take that and do the best things and become rums that have real soul and a sense of place and all that. Or you can add a boatload of sugar, a lot of color, and put, you know, a parrot on it and call it something, you know, catchy. And and that's your thing. That's your path that you're going to go down. And frankly, you drive ni- they probably drive nicer cars than me. But you have those choices. And right. I, I think it's a really interesting thing because there's a lot so, of freedom to so it. So explain what some of the rules are well, like for example the uh, other spirits talk right, about let's do cognac okay. let's do let's do cognac cuz all of you guys have heard some turd talk about whiskey so i'll talk about cognac first um, <laughs> cognac is going to be a spirit that <laughs> must be made from grapes so it's a brandy but it's made in the cognac region so now you've got two things that have happened you have place so you have the providence of it and you have the product so you have grapes and you have where cognac france You take those two things. Now you get more specific. It must be made from these certain types of grapes. Everybody makes it from Uni Blanc. So now you've got that. It must be made by one distillery. It must be aged in French oak. It must be, you know, bottled in the region. So you have all these rules. Rum doesn't have any. Is that really all the rules for kind? So there's more than that. But yeah, and it's champagne. All of it. Champagne is a region where. That's I've heard why people it's correct Prosecco me when I say it's I want champagne, champagne and they're like, it's, it's, it's a sparkling, sparkling wine. wine. It's like, no, this is champagne. It's, it's all sparkling wine, but it's, same, same. yeah. So who has, who has decided to make these rules and yeah, why, are, why people? are people following them? Why, why doesn't the, the cognac guys in, you say, know. Screw you. This yeah. is cognac. I made it in Kentucky. No, so it's, a, it's there. All right. Let's, let's be honest. It's a way of protecting great things or making sure you keep your money. You can look at it from a, a uh-huh. couple different uh-huh. angles, right? Uh-huh. You make a rule, now you're only a certain amount of people can follow it. 
we win because we're the only people that can make so it. So who 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 side note ugly delicious covered this when talking about pizza? Mm. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah, I do and there's, remember. There's like proprietary the stuff, and then it's like, yeah, the rules are about keeping the money local Yep. for wherever yeah. that comes from. It's taking care of it. You think yeah. that the guys in Kentucky that have to use new American oak, and it has, I mean, it has to be new every time. You know what a waste that is? Yeah. There's barrels that have to be. So you think when they wrote those laws, there wasn't somebody on the legislature that owned right. either a right. cooperage or their or best friend was, was, was like, paying them under the table give me or a whatever. Break. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you could argue that it makes better bourbon which it probably does, and it makes it consistent, and you have to follow these rules. Okay, I'll, I'll get behind all that. But in the beginning, was it like that? Who knows? Yeah. Well, you or, know how, how it works. It's money, it's lobbyists, and, yep. and they make the rules. But yeah. take you know, take it um, in the context of food. Like, there's no rules for cheeseburgers. You know, piece of meat, some cheese, boom, done. Now, nowadays, you, it doesn't even have to be meat. It's true. True. Or real cheese, for that matter. Right. And, uh, and are you protecting the brand, or yeah. are you limiting the potential? All right, so potential? my question then is, who enforces these rules? What happens if I make my own cognac in Kailua, and I bottle it, and I've got Kailua cognac? Who's going to tell me I can't do that? The, the U.S. government has an authority called the TTB, the alcohol—so it's the Tax and Trade Bureau, basically. They're going to respect the laws from The outside, international— mm-hmm, whatever And not say. allow you to do that. Okay. And yeah. other countries quid pro quo and all that. Eh, some of them. Ah, some <laughs> of them. Hey, yeah. I mean, let's, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but we have some whiskeys in the U.S. that aren't allowed to be called whiskeys in their home country. Oh, interesting. So interesting. there's that. You want to give a, out any names? Thing. I mean, yeah. I would never say Kikori. On, oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> um, but like, you got to be called Oopsies. what you are Oops. at home, and that's right. you know that's not a knock saying it's not a great spirit. But if you can't be called whatever it is in your home country where it's from, yeah. why are you calling it that somewhere else? Right. I, that's I that's kind of like how all these shops have popped up making poke yep. around the country. And they're like, Magic. Tex-Mex poke. And I said, what the hell is that? Yeah. What's yeah. even Tex-Mex to take it further? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, you know, the goal isn't to just crap all over these people. But there's a way to be authentic about what you do, right. whether it's making cheeseburgers or poke right, right, right. or rum or right. not Japanese whiskey. Right. You know, and if the poke is. gets to a point that it some, becomes something else, then just don't call it that. Yeah. Call it something else. Yeah, fish cubes in salsa. Call it hipster bowls. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Hawaii bowls. Yeah. <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> Kyle, what's next for you guys? You, you, you've got a great distillery operation going there. You do tours every single day of the week. Um, I know there's been some growth out there at the uh, at the farm at the at the plantation. Are you doing parties? Are you, do, are you getting people down together for for some gatherings? What's going yeah, on? I mean, what open. he's saying is, is there anything you would like to invite him to? <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, that's good. No, we have, that is good. <laughs> we got a couple things going on. So we just added a Kiava wood Kiave wood fire pizza oven out back, so we can oh. now feed people when they're up there. I did some local sodas, so we've got some ginger beer that we make in-house and a few other things on tap uh, that you can have. We're throwing a party at the end of March, the last day for most people's spring break on the 24th, supporting Localicious, doing sort of this local soda. We have a uh, lettuce farm next to us, so we're going to do like local salads with 100% from Oahu, not just local but hyper-local. You'll be able to see 
the farms that things are from. Wow. And then our really, rum. yeah. That's you just awesome. look around the look around so you go your up to t- the lanai t- and you oh, go tomatoes, that lettuce, that you go, like, tomato. Wow. So you're literally talking about super hyper local. Um, and we're gonna throw a little party on the 24th of March, uh, essentially with a large portion of the proceeds going towards Localicious, which is a campaign for the Hawaii Ag Foundation, and trying to sort of support them there. Great partners. They do a lot of cool stuff, and frankly, more farming is necessary. So we try to be as supportive of that as we can. So if I want more info on that event or I want to take the tour, how does one? Kohanarum.com. Okay. Uh, and that's, that's the easiest. K-O-H-A-N-A-R-U-M. Uh, Kohana Rum. And you should come come check us out. We do Kamaina discounts on tours, so all the listeners that want to come cruise, you get a tasting at the end. What could possibly go wrong? So come see us. And now there's pizza. Yeah. You feel that? I, I felt that too. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, what was that? So now now that we're getting <laughs> off, we're wrapping that up. I ha- there's some few key questions that I have. Um, and I know the answer to this, and it fits in perfectly. <laughs> What's your favorite cocktail? Oh, my favorite cocktail. So I, I have... All right. This is, this is a little difficult for me. The most frequently consumed cocktail that I have is a daiquiri. Mm-hmm. Lots of rum. Not a flavored daiquiri. Little bit of sugar. Plain one. Little bit of lime. Super classic, Cuban style. So just a squeeze of lime, little bit of, you know, the goodness. Um, it's essentially just, you know, rum improved. What? I've never had a non-flavored daiquiri. You know, he always gets that. And it's That's, so good. I've never heard it's of this. It's never on a menu. Everyone wants to gussy it up. No, you'll see it popping around now. It's as classic as it gets. Imagine what... What the margarita is to tequila, the daiquiri is to rum. If it's done right, it's beautiful. Okay, so give me the ingredient list now for the listeners at home. Somebody wants to make their own real, authentic daiquiri. Easy. So take one and a half ounces or one, let's just say one part of a clear rum. Blanco, white, whatever it is. Then take a half part of fresh squeezed lime juice. And then take a half part of some sort of sweetener. Take it sugar. I, I like it. Just mix it with water. Make sugar water and do a half part of that. So all it is is sugar water, so simple syrup, lime juice, and rum. Two parts rum, one part lime, one part simple syrup. So Super just like easy. a margarita exactly. proportions, but you're using lime and, and sugar. Yeah. And you usually don't serve it over the, the rocks. You'll shake it and serve it up. But frankly, it doesn't matter how you serve it. You don't even have to shake it. You don't have to do anything. So I'm not blending it's, this. Look, it's you a, could. It's the magic ratio. It works with everything. Whiskey sours are the same ratio. Margaritas are the same ratio. It's just a matter of what the spirit is, what the citrus is, and what the sweet is. Everybody, like The fact that this gets screwed up, I'm, I had to stop myself there for a second, <laughs> so often <laughs> is, is crazy to me. But the daiquiri, is that for rum? I had no idea. Yeah. Now I know. I can't I, wait to try one. I am the, the next time I come on here, and you know, when you get rid of Flash and you have somebody fun to talk the to, the Black and Cow Podcast. Will, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll actually I'll bring in I'll, I'll bring in snackeries for us, or I'll crash your next one. It's yeah. good. Bring in snackeries. I mean, it sounds weird to order a regular daiquiri, but I've been with Kyle when I'm when down. we're out, and it's just like then you have it, and yeah, like if it's done right, like even like a, a margarita. His done right is amazing. There's a reason it's like the most popular tequila drink, but it's been yeah. so bastardized over the years. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no. But you go and then you order a daiquiri, and they're like, "Well, what flavor do you want?" You're like, "I'm changing my order." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now you said that's the one you drink the most. Yep. 
But what is your? All right. So there's there's two other drinks that I I consume often that are cocktails. The the first is a Negroni. So gin, Campari, and sweet vermouth. That's as classic of a cocktail. One of Flash's favorites. I adore them. Um, I I like them on the rocks. There's, you can ask the bartenders around town. I like a specific vermouth. I like a specific (laughs) gin. I'm I'm. You're that. That's my that's my mixology moment. Um, (laughs) And and then the drink. I actually listened to a very old episode uh, with. Dave Newman on it, and he mentions a sherry cobbler. And I make sherry cobblers at home all the time. I have a fridge just dedicated for sherry at home because I'm that guy. <laughs> um, but I make sherry cobblers all the time, and I copy this New York bar's recipe. It's got blueberry jam, a little bit of pineapple juice, four different kinds of sherry. Oh my it's God. freaking over the top. It's this that place so called Maison Premier. But it's, it's one of those drinks that like immediately takes you somewhere else. Like you're you're where you're supposed to be, and it's the right place. I it's like a, that. It's a phenomenal thing. The only place that serves cobblers in town now um, is Harry's Hardware, um, that I, that I can regularly find. Owned by Dave Newman. Yeah, episode eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. That's fantastic. You, you really took me there for a second. I'm like, all right, maybe I uh, maybe I do want to try one of these Sherry cobblers. Okay, you said there's one more. One more. No, it's no. that was it. One, two, that three. That was it? Yep. Yeah. Daiquiris, okay. Negronis, and Sherry Cobblers. All right. So where do you go to eat? Where's your favorite like bar to hang out? Uh, best bar food, you mean? Yeah. Best. Well, all right. So this is, this is difficult. Not this, necessarily this starts the to get cocktails, in, but This the food. starts to get brand Kyle into trouble. Oh, okay. All right. So my favorite places to eat generally are in Chinatown. I, I have a huge affinity for Chinatown. I helped open up the Pig and the Lady. Mm-hmm. I ran their bar for a long time. So I eat there a lot. My favorite bar snacks or bar food because of the style of drinks I get is usually at FET um, right on the corner of Nuuanu and Hotel. Yep. I think FET is out of this world good. Only um, sit at the chef's table. Yep. Or the bar. Or the bar. Yep. Yeah. Get their oysters. I swear to God they have the best oysters in at least the city if not the state. They do a better Ooh. job of picking them. Wow. Shelly, are you listening? It's freaking <laughs> unreal. Yep. FET. That's my jam right. for that. Um, For like you know all the other you know, sort of whatever traditional bar food stuff. There's so many people. Local do it bar well. food. Local bar food. Oh, I dude, I it's it's Murphy's and their hot wings. Yeah, that's the one. It's a cold beer and they're like crazy fried hot wings that are not sort of traditional Buffalo at all. And then you get like. You get the best service. You get your baseball game put on the TV if you're. A fan of a good team that just re-signed Arenado, um. uh, or you just walk in and your game's already on because they're the owner of Murphy's knows what's up. <laughs> All right, and he's that was a pot shot. None of you guys can see me winking at Flash because yeah. yeah. his team's last in the division. You guys over you know, here, they're tickling each other's butts while they. Talk when it comes combo. to Murphy's, <clears throat> um, when I use the example of what's the difference between a mixologist and a bartender. I always say the quintessential bartender in town is Jonathan at Murphy's. I would, you know, so John's one of my best friends in the world and everybody says Jonathan. I don't, I don't disagree for any reason other than I think we overlook somebody who is, who never gets mentioned. So I adore John and John, if you're listening, you're my dude. But you want to give a little shine to where's, where's, where's Amy? From Duke's out on this list. Oh, or Jesse for that matter. Like, let's just keep it real. Those guys 
do everything perfectly as well. Yeah. And so, they're always in the weeds when they do it. 100% of the time. <laughs> they're, so no, they're old school bartenders. Like they're bartender bartenders. Yeah. Weeded. And, and they will make you happy with a little whiskey and a beer or with the thing in the lava flow cup. Yeah. Or, or a muddled freaking, you know. Yeah. Or a water. And yeah. uh, yeah. keep taking care of yourself. I'm glad you're doing well in life. The, you, you, the, yeah. the kids that go around, and I, I, I'm not that yeah. old, but <laughs> the, the new bartenders, when they ask, like, oh, who should I go see? Everybody says, okay, you know, JP and Dave and Jen Ackrell and talk to Chandra and when, before Joey left. And they have this list, right? And then finally they get to, well, see Jonathan. Every single one of those guys, I'm like, start – yeah. In Waikiki, yeah. sunset on a Sunday <laughs> with the freaking place out the back door. <laughs> Go buy a beer, triple tip on it, give them a 20 for the beer, and just watch what happens at that bar for yeah. two hours and then go back to thinking you're a mixologist. Yeah. But yeah. let's let's start there. So yeah. I, while I adore John, we have like some of these Waikiki like standout guys that yeah. always get pushed to the side. Yeah, yeah they make they, they don't worry about it because they make enough money. But right, let's let's like, be real. Yeah. We got to start mentioning some of these. Guys. So Jess, Jesse and Amy, they're married. They've been at Duke's for a million years. They're coming on the podcast. I'm, I, the hard oh, part, see, really? Yeah, the hard. <laughs> I've been trying to get them on from it's day one. Excited all of a sudden. But yeah. the hard part is they have a young son, and it's either yep. or. And I said, no, I need I both need you guys yeah, together. You they wrote here. a cocktail uh, book. But quick story about Jesse when it comes to this kind of service. So you know, I. I typically will text Jesse and Amy if I go down to Duke's, which isn't often, and uh, say, hey, like, I'm going to be coming down, blah, blah, blah. And this this dates this story. Uh, um, it's definitely a while ago. So Jesse does, I, didn't even tell me. I didn't ask nothing. I get down to the bar. So Jesse's got a seat for me at the bar, which is impossible to get. I'm surprised. Yeah, impossible. Duke's has this policy where they don't serve energy drinks, and they never have, and they never will. So this this story is at least 10, 12 years old. Jesse, without telling me, has gone to the store and bought a can cans of Red Bull. He has them iced down wow. in his well because this is when I was drinking Goose and Red Bulls, and pours me a Goose and Red Bull As without me even asking. What? <laughs> And I know, and he knows that I know that you. They don't serve the Red Bull. Yeah. And again, I didn't. A- I didn't ask for any special anything. Yeah. And he just like without even batting an eye. And also, like Kyle said, he was weeded. What I used to call high impact aerobics. When <laughs> when I walked up to the bar to get that, and it was just like boom, boom, boom. And he's like, I got all the Red Bull you want all day long. Don't worry about it. Aerobics. That's when Flash was bartender. Yeah. <laughs> Not to take away from the story, because Jesse, God, you're awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I can't wait to have them on the show. They're they're some of my favorite bartenders to watch in action, because no literally, you can come up to the bar, and of course, there's no seats, so you're just kind of lost in the crowd, and you know you've been in lost in the crowd of bars, and the bartenders don't see you forever, and they talk to everybody they around you. They pretend they don't see and you. And they just like, come on. And at that bar, every single time... I know I know my order. I know when I'm coming in. I know when they see me, I'm coming up next. So props to them. I'm glad they're coming on the Pretty show. Cool, it's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. Hope, hey, hopefully. Kyle, thanks for Soon. coming in today, man. Thanks for sharing these special bottles with us. This of has course. been really uh, a unique experience for us. Uh, I'm wasted off of that last one. That was so <laughs> freaking delicious. Uh, I can't wait to come over to your house and try it again.
Thanks oh. for having me. <laughs> Look at you inviting yourself yeah. over to his house. Hello. Local. All right, here's the thing you guys got to promise, though. I get to come make snackeries when Jesse and Amy are here. Oh! You got to let me. I love it. You got to yes. I'll, I'll just be in and out, but you Done gotta deal. let me make them a drink. Yes. I don't get to make them drink. No, you hang out all day. Oh, all that right. would be so cool. Fantastic. We've got a, a couple of great shows coming up over the next few days. In fact, we're going to get a special edition of the Maleko and Flash podcast this Friday. That's right. We have Bob Moses live in the Hawaiian Financial Music Hall, and it's one of our special live studio audience Friday editions of the Maleko and Flash podcast. Now, if you're listening to this episode before Friday, March 1st, <laughs> and you want to come, just slide into my DMs at Flashy808 on Instagram, and we'll take care of you. Bob Send him Mo- a picture of your penis. He loves that. Yes. <laughs> it's because I forward them right to Maleko. And then next Wednesday at our regular uh, bat time on our same bat channel, we have 2018 Jaws Challenge Women's Surf Champion Keala Kenley. Yes! In the house. Finally! Another one we've been trying to get on for a while, and we've got Jeez. cocktails from Appetito Craft Pizza and Wine Bar. Check out a new show every Wednesday afternoon on my blog at star1019.com, the iHeart app, iTunes. We're now on Spotify, and where else are we at? Uh, anywhere, whatever you listen anywhere to Anywhere you consume your podcast, whether you're on Spotify, whether you're on uh, iTunes, uh, if you just search the Molecular Flash podcast, actually, the best way to consume us is to go to our new website. Oh, that's right. Club301.com. Uh, we have links there that will automatically subscribe us on your Android or iPhone. And uh, you can also check out archive episodes there, plus some great photos and more. Uh, Club301.com for more. Yeah, and thank you to our sponsors, Young's Market and Pacific Edge Magazine. If you want to sponsor the show, email me at flash at iheartmedia.com or hit me up at flashy808 on Instagram. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back on this Friday. Kyle Ryder, thanks for coming in, Kyle! buddy. Awesome. Special mahalo to Tito's for making us funnier <laughs> and uh, for Naomi Hazelton for being hot. At Pacific Edge Magazine. At Sure Fine. <laughs> and uh, look, how do I win my flask cap? I already forgot because I've had too much Tito's. All right, so if you want to win your very own flask cap, which is the new yes. way to enjoy a beverage doing yes. your favorite activity, here's what you've got to do. Take a picture of you doing something awesome that would be 10 times more awesome if you had a flask cap while you were doing it. So it could be a picture of you hiking Cocoa Head. Yeah. Maybe a picture of you on the beach. Uh, maybe surfing. Maybe if you were on a boat. Ideally... Somewhere where maybe you're not supposed to have the alcohol. Yeah. Or maybe maybe it wouldn't be the appropriate thing. Yeah. Please don't send a picture of of you driving. But if you're a passenger, is that okay? If you're riding in a lift, absolutely. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. Of you riding in a lift, absolutely. So take a picture of you doing something awesome that would be 10 times more awesome with a flask cap, hiding five ounces of your favorite liquor, where you can mix it up and have a good time. Hashtag Maleko and Flash. Hashtag flask cap. Flask cap. Yeah, that's F L A S K A P. If you put those two flash tags or those two hashtags, <laughs> <laughs> I just came up with a new yeah, word for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> flash tags. Put those two hashtags on your post, and uh, we will pick a winner every week to win a flask cap. How dope is that? And if you want to win it, just post it now, and we'll let you know via the Insta. Do it. So we got to give a shout-out to our friend Naomi at Pacific Edge Magazine. She's so hot. 
She is an intelligent businesswoman. She's yep. very smart. Totally. She's all these things. And hot. Don't be sexist. I mean, she's hot. Especially this month. The, the issue is all about powerful women in Honolulu. It's not an appropriate time for you to be sexist, Flash. Those girls sound hot. <sighs> Check out the latest issue of Pacific Edge Magazine online at PacificEdgeMagazine.com. April is all about women. Check out hot some of the women. most Check out some of the most powerful and influential women in Honolulu in the latest issue of Pacific Edge Magazine. Check it out online at PacificEdgeMagazine.com. Hey, that's it. So if you liked what you heard, which, which is unlikely, but that's fine. <laughs> but if you did, tell your friends. Yes. How would I tell my friends? How how does this iHeart app podcast thing work, Maleko? Really, really good. Look up. You <laughs> see you see those three dots at the top of the screen there on the right? Click that. That's the uh, the okay. share button. Check. Got and it. then you can uh, email it. You can text your friends. You can copy the link. You could post it on social media. Yeah. Just post it on social media. We don't I'll, want I'll you sh- to text your friends or email them. We want every we want as many people mm-hmm. to know about this as possible. So yeah. don't be shy. And don't forget to follow us on social. I'm at DJ Maleko. I'm at Flashy808. That's Flashy with two E's. Or I guess if you turn still the, talking, if like, you turn the push up. notifications on on your on your app, then it will automatically tell you. I'm not listening. That there's I've a new show coming up. Left the room. <laughs> no one cares. Oh, I so want to hear more. <laughs> hey! 